Welcome back to Speaking From Experience, the podcast. And tonight, I have the honor of being here at this old guitar um, in Seymour, Indiana. And I get the chance to talk to, first, Pam Bliss, who is the artist working on the John Mellencamp mural uh, on the side of the building. And Pam, um, before we even get in, I know I told you a little bit off the mic, but your work has blown me away with that mural out there. It, It is, I've drove by so many times because of the detail that's in it. It's just amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And where did, let's go all the way back and start with, where did your passion for art come from? Well, my mother said that I started drawing when I was two. And um, she said that I drew a a turkey at Thanksgiving. And she said that it wasn't the typical two-year-old scribble. She said you could actually tell it was a turkey. And, um, She said that I would um, draw all day after day. I'd grab a pencil and piece of paper and just draw every day. And she said I would lay there all day long. I wouldn't even talk to anybody. I would just draw. And she said that she got worried about me um, one time because I just wasn't speaking to anyone. She wanted to see how long I would go without speaking to anyone. She said, like, so after a few days I guess three or four days I'm not sure how many days she said it was a few days uh, she got worried about me and wanted to and spoke to me just to see if I would respond to her but she said I was really into drawing (laughs) Um, but um, I took art classes in high school but or, or any any time I could uh, draw or do anything, but I, um, I had a teacher and I never painted, uh, until it was my last year of high school. And, um, my, and I had gone to California my last two years of high school and I had a teacher tell me I couldn't paint out there. And I listened to her. And so I thought, okay, I can't paint. I, I know I can draw, but I can't paint. So I didn't start painting until I was 30 years old. Because I in my head, I didn't think I could paint. But what it was, she just didn't know how to teach painting because she was an English teacher filling in one year for an art teacher. And so, but, you know, you know, the kid, you know, you're listening to authority. So, uh, but I took a workshop uh I always doodled, you drew, and all that stuff. I was, I, I always uh, did uh, pencil and paper or pen and ink or whatever. Uh, but as far as painting, you know, I was 30 years old and I took a workshop. And I thought, well, you know, I know I can't paint, but I want to take this four-day workshop. And and then when I took the workshop, I thought, well, I can too paint. <laughs> and uh, so it just went from there. And... You know, and, and the amazing thing, Pam, I'm a high school principal by by trade, and, and what you just said is so true. The things that we say to kids, sometimes we don't realize the power of those words. And right, right there, you have an amazing talent. And because of this one teacher who told you, you know, you can't do it, it took you several years to ever realize that I can do this. Right. Yeah. And so it, it is amazing. So once you figured out, okay, wait a second, I can't paint, you're in this workshop, where do you kind of go from there to, you know, continue that, that journey down this new medium? Well, um, w- right after I took that workshop, I just happened to uh, start college late. I was a late bloomer college. And um, so I, and I had taken an art class with as my one of my first in my first schedule and um 
I wasn't going to college for art. I was going to like be a, a teacher. So, you know, I could be home with my kids during the summer and that kind of stuff. But um, <clears throat> my art professor kept pushing me and kept pushing me and kept pushing me. So finally, I'm like, okay, fine, I'll be an artist. <laughs> and uh, But I knew I would always paint or draw or whatever, but I just never thought about it being my career because in my head, and the other thing about it, um, my childhood, my dad thought art was stupid and he was an engineer um he thought math was important he said he didn't care if i did art as long as i got a's and math which i did because i like math i approach my art um technically more technically than i do um i'm more of a left brain artist um which is kind of odd how i approach i take it approach it technically um right brain is more creative and it's a little bit harder for me to tap into the creative sometime because i'm just so focused on you know making everything correct and you know perfect and um so um yeah so um going through college and how I got into murals is um, I was towards the end of my college and I think it was probably the last year of my college and someone came to town and it was a small town I was going to college in Richmond, Indiana and um, uh, someone wanted a mural done and so she contacted the college there and the art professor referred me because I had a high aptitude for portraits and she wanted um, faces in this she wanted figures in the, the, the murals and so she asked me if I could paint this mural with 15 foot tall figures and I said oh sure and you know I never painted that big before <laughs> so I learned that very first mural I learned really quick how to paint murals uh, it took me four months to paint that first mural wow and I'm sure when you talk about being more of a left-brained artist talking about you know the math background that's I would think and correct me if I'm wrong that would help in the murals of figuring how to blow something up that large yes. and you know how you how you space things you know in that because that's the other part that amazes me and I'm not putting down anyone else's art but and not that I, I have no talent when it comes to art first of all Pam I'll be the first to admit <laughs> it but when you do something on a canvas it seems so much more controlled to me when you're out there on a lift and you've got to move and you've got to see this entire brick wall mm -hmm. that's what just blows me away with what you do so does that math background help in some of that i use basic algebra a lot of times when i'm doing because i have to make calculations i have to do a lot of measuring make sure things are spaced how i need it to be spaced um so i do use algebra so that math came in handy <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> but um yeah, so um, I, I, I go about it mathematically and then I sketch it out. You know, I make sure the, you know, things are measured uh, correctly. And um, so I'll sketch it out and then I'll block it in with colors. And then, uh, then I start putting in detail. And that's when um, I have to get down an awful lot, step back and look at it. And I have to do an awful lot of observing 
for long periods of time because when you're doing a canvas painting, you can see something you need to correct and you step step up, make the correction and step back and look at it again. Well, you don't, it's not as convenient to do that when you're up 35 feet on a lift. So you, when you're down, you have to remember all your corrections. You have to remember what colors the, the corrections and the spacing corrections and so you have to remember an awful lot because a lot of times you have to if you make the adjustment over here then you probably need to make an adjustment over there and um so I have to do an awful lot of observing um, before I get back up. And, you know, a lot of times when I get down, I, I'll memorize a lot of things that I need to change. And then someone will come along and start talking to me and ask me <laughs> questions. <laughs> and it all goes out of my head. So as soon so as I... So you're back to observing again. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, you know, a lot of my friends who are artists always say that, they don't know that they've ever truly finished a piece. Are you the same way with the murals yes. you've done? If you go back by them, are you constantly oh, like, yeah. I wish that lift was still here because I would touch this up or that up? Mm -hmm. I am never done with it. <laughs> I, I, I get to a point where I can say, okay, I'm done, but you know, I'm truly never done. If you, if you had free reign to just keep going, you could work on it every day from here on out and still right. find things to make a little bit better. Yeah. I'd probably be like working on them forever. So, <laughs> and you know, and for me, when I look at what you've done outside, I think the most impressive thing to me are those subtle little details. It's, it's the shadow off of John Mellencamp that makes him look like he's almost stepped off of the brick wall. You know, it's those little things that really bring it to life that, you know, maybe people don't notice as much, but it, it really encaptures the whole thing are, are those vital to the work you do there oh yeah and those little things is what really takes the time because um you know you can draw something up there draw a figure and and you know use a roller and paint it and you know and you can call it done but that that's very flat so the it's all the little um so the subtle graduation of color and um tones uh and um you know little things like that is really what makes um how things meet the uh, when two areas meet how you treat that makes makes all the difference in the world and when you're you know when we're talking about you know, a canvas painter you know they obviously have it it's it's easier for them to mix paints and come up with certain colors they want how are you coming up with those different shades and tones and things that you need? Are, are you mixing paint right there, you know, to come up with it or? Yep. So yep. you are, you're, you're your own mixing station. I am my own mixing, <laughs> unless um, it's a large area and I know that it needs to be a specific, uh, you know, the, the base of it is, is a specific color. Then I might get some uh, mixed paint and um, put it on a large area, but for the most part, I use the basic red, yellow, blue, white, and black. Um, I do have um, burnt umber, and um, is that raw umber? Yeah, burnt umber, and um, which is you know like a, a brown. Um, sometimes I use I get a green. Sometimes, sometimes purples are really hard to, uh, uh, the, the big difference with this is I'm using exterior paint, which is, you know, basically house paint. And with those colors, uh, those paints, you don't get, um, really potent, 
much potency in a, as far as color. And so some colors are really hard to mix, like purple. It's, it's really hard to get a really good, pretty purple um, because there's the blue blue is really expensive if you buy um uh, artist paints blue is really expensive red is too and so if you have an in-house paint then they um they don't put as much pigment in and it's got a lot a lot of white you don't realize it's got white in it but so when you go to mix them up with the you know like purple like the red and blue it's more of a um a grayish it's kind of purple but it it's it not of, vibrant doesn't have that right yeah just because it's not artist colors and when you when you come into a mural like this what what all was given to you obviously they wanted john mellencamp were you kind of given free reign did they say these are the portraits we want how did how did the the whole piece kind of come together well when you're doing um this kind of uh, it's it was kind of both um when you're dealing with um a well-known person um you have to pay attention to you know you have to get permission sometimes because like for instance i did a reggie miller and he owns his own likeness also the nba owns it too and so you know i did you have not to go know through. the nba also owns his likeness as well as him yep Wow. You have to certain images now. Um, so, um, like if I was just painting any generic person, then, 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 you know, I could just do whatever, but like on uh, Mellencamp, any kind of, I needed photographs of him, uh, since I didn't have the opportunity to take photograph of him myself, I had to depend on other people's photographs. Well, that's another art you know right. photography is another art you have to get permission and so i um asked i told them that i need um to to save time i need um some pictures that that we already have permission that i can use and so they sent me a few pictures and uh so the pictures uh what they sent me i selected what i thought was the best representation of what they were wanting they wanted young and old and you know because you know he was you know back in the heyday you know he was popular but he's still popular now so you know uh, we did young and old and so that was kind of a combination of both um i still had to depend on someone else's photography but um you know, I was able to, to lay it out on the wall how I wanted to. So, And I think you nailed it because the iconic Seymour FFA jacket is perfect in that, that young picture. But him and the, the black jacket and just so mature looking, you know, what he is today, that, that more bluesy sound he's got today right. um, really comes through in your art. Thank you. So I want to also ask, were did you were you a john mellencamp fan i know you you can't be a fan of everything you paint but were you a john mellencamp fan prior to this painting i yeah i um 
as a young adult, I listened to his music. And um, so, you know, I'm familiar with the, with all the songs, Hurt So Good and um, Jack and Diane and, uh, you know, all, all of them. And um, so while I was um, painting on the mural, I was singing a lot, <laughs> a lot of, they were all Mellencamp songs. And um, so to get inspiration, I was singing his songs. So it's kind of nostalgic for me to, to paint this. I've been wanting to paint, paint, I've been wanting to paint him for a long time and uh, knowing that he was an Indiana person. Yeah, come on in. And just to ask this uh, while you're, while we're talking about that, does it add an extra layer to it too with Mellencamp, not only being the music artist he is, but he's also a painter. Um, right. Does that add a little bit to it as well? Knowing yeah. that he, he does have an eye for, for, yeah. you know, paint. adds a little bit of pressure actually. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, you may disagree. I think that even in the realm of, you know, celebrity painters, he's actually considered very talented, not just oh, a... He's super talented. Yeah, not just like a, I don't know what even word I'm looking for, but just a celebrity that does it. Like, he's really got an eye and can really paint yes. some amazing art. Yeah, I love his stuff. I would. I wish I had that release to, to be able to do that kind of painting because... I'm so controlled and my painting is so controlled and, but I want to, um, excuse me, I want it to, um, start painting them looser, much more loose. Hopefully this winter I'll be able to just uh, go crazy on some canvases. <clears throat> so in going back to, to that, um, you know, I know some of the family came in. I know some of the people have been here. What, what's the reaction that you've been hearing from a lot of the people around with the mural? Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's all been positive. Um, for the most part, um, there was one lady that came up and she said, you know, when, when they said that this was going to happen, you know, I was against this. And she said, I thought it was stupid. Why are they spending this kind of money on, I'm so sorry, my phone. And, um, she said that after she said, I see now, she said, I get it now. She said, I've done a, I've done a complete turnaround. She said, um, I really like this and I can see why they did it now. So, and, you know, but most of the people that, that come up there, um, you know, they're very complimentary and they love Mellencamp. I've, there's, uh, people, I met someone from Washington today that stopped through. Um, there's been New York, Michigan, um, the several, you know, just a lot of different places they've, they've come. There was one lady came yesterday from Canada specifically for this mural. <laughs> you know, and that's amazing. And I've, we, I've joked on our shows before, um, not really joke, but it, it was, I grew up just South of here. Uh, well, South, uh, West of here, about an hour and a half away. And while I listened to John Mellencamp, my parents listened to John Mellencamp growing up and they always talked about him being from Seymour, Indiana. I thought he was like a like a regional guy. Like I didn't think he was the superstar that he was because at my age he wasn't on MTV anymore. You know the, but so I thought okay this guy's really cool. Like he's he's a cool regional guy. And then when I got into high school and I realized oh no like he's like mega 
megastar. Right. Um, it's right. amazing. So uh, even more, you've got people from Canada coming down mm -hmm. to get the opportunity to see this right. mural and the work you've done. That's well, I've heard today that um, it was on in, on the news in Spain, even. <laughs> That's just amazing. Yeah, because uh, he's Melikem's worldwide. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what are some of the other murals that you've done in the past? You said you did a Reggie Miller one. What's some of the other ones you've done here around the state? Yeah, um, Reggie Miller, he is 60 feet tall, so he's almost twice as tall as the Mellencamp. It's the tallest one I've done. Um, I've done a, a Kurt Vonnegut in Indianapolis. Reggie's in Indianapolis. Kurt Vonnegut's in Indianapolis. Um, I've done um, uh, and, uh, really big uh, jazz musicians in Indianapolis. Um, I've got a lot of a lot of them over on the in the eastern part of the state because uh, that's kind of where I'm from. That's really where I started, you know, my murals. But um, so I've got a lot of them over there. Um, got one inside Banker's Life Fieldhouse. That's awesome. Of the retired Pacers, and. Um, yeah, so... Um, and, you, you know, going back to you talking about, you know, them owning their likeness, there was the Larry Bird mural in Indianapolis that just had all of the backlash because of the tattoos that was right. painted with it. Right. And having to go back and take those off. So, you right. know, I, you do have to make sure that you're you're honoring those oh, yeah. people and their, their legacy. Right. Well, and like Larry Bird is big enough that... You know, if you painted a local person like the mayor or something, then, you know, that no one would probably think anything of it. It'd probably be kind of funny. But when you get as big as someone like Larry Bird, he has to pay attention to his reputation and you know, not, not to say anything against tattoos, but that's not who he is. Absolutely. And so he has to maintain his um, identity and his identity is not tattoos. And so, you know, I think he said he didn't have anything against tattoos. It just wasn't him. But um, And even to the sense of him wanting to, you know it to be his likeness you know if he if that's not him what he what he's right. about then you wouldn't want that there either you know right um so it, going forward i know you said you got some big projects coming up that you're getting ready to go is there anything that you can tell us that you're getting ready to go work on um well i'm i'm going back to cambridge city is where i'm from a small town so i appreciate seymour it's kind of like being home a <laughs> yep. small town um uh, i've done a few murals there but um yeah i've done a few and i've got another one coming up next summer um of course i have to take uh, a, a break in the winter time because i can't paint you know when it's too cold and so next summer i'll be painting one in cambridge city that was going to be of the overbeck sisters and they were six sisters who were in the arts they did paintings they did um ceramics they were they're um they're all passed away now but they all lived in the same house only one of them got married and but the rest of them they they had this little art factory pumped out a lot of art and so now their little sculptures and paintings are worth lots of money 
So wow. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I did a, a 30 foot tall Abraham Lincoln in Cambridge city there. So, and then, um, general Solomon Meredith, he was from Cambridge city. So I painted him and a uh, single G racehorse painted him. So this would be my fourth mural in Cam- little bitty Cambridge city. <laughs> that is, that's amazing. So over the winter, when you've got to take a break with the murals, are, are you making, are you painting on canvas? Are you still doing drawing? What, what do you do to keep yourself busy then? Um, well, fortunately, the last couple of winters, um, uh, I have, um, I went to California to paint on uh, murals. To, I helped other artists uh, for a month. Um, it's it was an indoor mural, so I do do indoor things. And the past couple of years, it has kept me busy enough that. Uh, but I want. I would really like to have enough of a break that I can focus on doing some canvas works of my own, so I can start having gallery shows instead of you know all of my work is on people ask me well where's your studio can i see some of your work and i'm like you have to drive around to see it. <laughs> it's, it's all over every every city i've been in right <laughs> and you know you talk to about you know the you having to use the exterior paint um how how long is the lifespan for a mural like this well it, it's um depends on how well the wall is prepped i mean if you have a horrible wall that keeps peeling and you haven't prepped it it probably it won't last as long nearly as long as someone something that has been prepped you know a a mural can last for 40 years especially if if you the southern exposure is the worst because you know it's the heat it's direct sun all day long and then your uh, colors start fading a lot faster. Um, Eastern and Western exposure, those that's the second worst. Northern exposure is the best because you don't don't have any sun. sun. Right. So, you know, exposure, it, you know, it depends on exposure and it depends, depends on how the wall is prepped. But, you know, I've, you know, I, there was one wall, they didn't prep it properly. And I told them to put a concrete sealer on it. They did not. And so I had to go back and do some major corrections three after three years. That was a big wall, but, um, that's the only time I've ever had to do that, but it's because they didn't put the sealer on there. <laughs> and then I've got, I've got other murals that they've been up for 20 years. And that's gotta be tough as an artist to go back and try and make those corrections. As we talked earlier, you, you struggle with even getting up, getting down, looking at how it looks and that to come in and put fresh paint on an aged mural has to make it even more difficult so that it doesn't look like, you know, that guy that wrecked their truck and the colors didn't match on the door. So now the door is that different shade. So it's, that's gotta be a tough thing for you going in and doing that. Yeah. Um, I think I lose a little bit when I have to go back and touch it up. I think because you know it it changes it just slightly. Um, I, in the perfect world, it would just be left alone all the time. But you know, for forever. But um, you do have to like the Kurt Vonnegut. There was nothing wrong with the paint. Uh, for with, he wasn't peeling or anything. But um, the reds started fading out of his face. Reds and yellows and oranges they fade the quickest. So his reds and yellows started fading out of his face. And so he started looking green because the reds started fading first. So the blues and yellows were left in his face. He started looking green. So he started looking sick. (laughs) 
So I had to go back in and and freshen up his face with the reds. Then the the paint was just fine, but the color is just the faded. pigment had faded out of it. Right. Well, if we want to here, let's let's take a break. I think we're gonna we're gonna bring someone else in here and and talk a little bit. So we'll be right back. Thank you. All right, and we're back here at Speaking from Experience, and we have Matt McDonald with us, um, one of uh, the staff members here at this old guitar in Seymour, Indiana. And Matt, how long has the shop been here? We've been in this location for 15 years now, I think, 16. We've been open 17 years. And obviously, both you and your dad have a real passion for music. I, I caught you outside with, uh, you know, somebody was picking up a guitar, and you were talking about some of the work you had done on it. And where's that passion for this music come from for you? Well, growing up, that's just what we did. I mean, on Friday nights as a kid, I'd go over to my uncle's house, and they would all sit around and play Gordon Lightfoot and John Denver, and my aunts would come over and sing, and everybody would play guitar. And uh, it's just always been something that uh, our whole family's always done. You know, and that's something that's really gone away because I can remember being at my great-grandparents' house and, you know, they'd sit out on the front porch and the neighbors would come down and somebody played this and somebody played that and others were singing, others were just tapping their feet with the beat and it was like you had a concert on the front porch all the time and that's really gone away today. Yeah, it really has and, and like I said, it was a big part of my childhood and it was... Half the time we weren't even in there, you know, hardly listening or we were, but it was just a fun family thing and we'd all get together and for years uh, we'd all get together and everybody bring their guitar. And so as we got older and all the, you know, kids got older, they started bringing their guitars over and it's just, it's just been something that uh, we've always done and enjoyed. And it's got to be a lot of fun too as those, as the younger kids start coming up, you get a little bit of that clash of the, the different genres of music too. You go a little bit from Gordon Lightfoot and John Denver to to some of that newer age stuff, maybe a little Mellencamp and some other things as, as those generations come around and, and that meshing of all those different sounds. Yeah, and it actually, uh, it's really surprising because of uh, a lot of the kids come in and they want to hear Johnny Cash and they want to hear like Country Roads by John Denver. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, you're kidding. This is what you've been there like, yeah, that's what I want to learn because it was my grandpa's favorite song or that's what reminds me of, you know, and it's just, it's really neat to see to the younger generation still respecting and, and playing the old music. So it's fun. And it, and it is fun to see how, when they discover that being a high school principal, I love when I see kids uh, and it's funny to me when they find a, a Johnny Cash song or something they're like you won't you, you, you won't believe this song and I'm like no I will because <laughs> it's been around exactly. it's been around on vinyl on a track on cassette CD you just found it on iTunes but it's been around in a lot of other versions prior to you getting a hold of it so what all instruments do you play I mainly just do um, rhythm acoustic guitar I'm not a big lead guy. I don't get into all that. I just enjoy uh, playing basic rhythm acoustic. It's my favorite thing to play. Awesome. And and obviously here in the shop, um, this old guitar, you guys offer lessons. You obviously offer um, instruments. You know, what, what really all can someone coming down to the shop find here? Uh, I'd say the best part about uh, the store really is the lessons and how close um, all of our students we become and the families it's more like a family type atmosphere when everybody comes in for lessons and we do brothers and sisters from you know ages five and six years old uh, all the way up and so uh, that's about the best I think 
it's the most fun part of our job as well is that we get to know all these kids we get to know their their parents and their families and the next thing you know they're they're playing at church sunday or they're doing the Oktoberfest, you know talent show and all that kind of stuff it just it's just really good time and it is a really cool setup because as i came in you guys have got you know the the, the lounge area over here for the parents with uh, or siblings with tv it's a very laid-back atmosphere so if you have a kid that's coming here i've got kids involved in in things and this is a pretty nice place if you're going to have one involved uh to hang out while they're taking a lesson yeah absolutely i appreciate that and we kind of we thrive on that and it's, it's a lot of fun so let's talk a little bit here. I just got done uh, talking with Pam about the John Mellencamp mural. And obviously, um, and I was telling her, and I'll, I'll tell you as well, this is kind of my funny John Mellencamp story. But growing up, and that was kind of in the lull between Mellencamp being on MTV. I'm a 90s kid. I was born in 85. So when I started hearing Mellencamp, my parents playing it, he wasn't right there. I, I really, truly believed he was some like regional musician because my parents said well he's just from seymour indiana he's from right up the road to me he's this regional guy man he's pretty good for a regional guy and then as i got older and realized whoa he's way bigger than what i ever thought he was um and it's so cool to see you guys honoring that you know with the side of the building here and so how did that all kind of come about for this old guitar building to be the spot for the mural well, most of that would be that obviously uh, my dad and, and John were classmates and uh, that kind of led up to it. And then uh, through the years, uh, he's donated and really helped a lot with a lot of our benefits and our charities and just always been a part of the community. Just people may not uh, know that behind the scenes, but he's done a lot for the community over the years. Uh, then obviously this conversation started six or seven years ago uh, to get the approvals and to get, you know, the okay to go ahead and, and honor him and put it on the side of the building. So yeah, we're really, really excited that it's finally come full circle and, uh, it's going it's to turn out really nice, and I think it's going to be a good thing to draw people. I mean, we've had people already from California and Chicago. I had a couple this evening that were here from Germany um, that just heard about it on Facebook or something, and they weren't here just for that from Germany, but they stopped by and said, oh, this is neat, you know, and then uh, it just draws a little bit more attention for people out of town and hopefully, you know, get everybody paying more attention to downtown that's our that's our main focus with it and I, i'm glad you said that because i think sometimes people do think that he kind of he got too big for for this area and and that's not true in the in the any sense he has been a great supporter of a lot of things around here and um, i can remember even i grew up in mitchell indiana you know it was a big deal for us we would see him at the local arby's he'd go down to spring mill state park and he'd be sitting there at the local arby's and we all knew just don't bother him you know to say hi to him as you leave he'd be very polite be hi but don't be over there trying to take pictures with him get autographs do all that he's there with his family having a great time and he was always um, very down to earth when we would see him and, and i've never Never seen anything else from him other than that yep i agree and uh matt so to kind of finish up here you know obviously your dad's connection to to john does that make you automatically a mellencamp fan or was it did you did you come by it just naturally or was this you know he really does have a sound that i'm really into 
I hate to admit this. I've, <laughs> I've only been to two of his shows, and, and uh, <laughs> that was probably in the last year or two. I uh, always was a fan of his music, but uh, not like ever, you know what I mean? I guess it must be my age or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I went and saw him at Louisville Palace, and it was it was one of the best shows that I've seen. Um, it was just it was amazing. Now I get it. Now I get why everybody is so, you know, it, it was a great show. So, so yeah, growing up, it was more um, the only funny Mellencamp story I got real quick is I had his uh, Crumbling Down album, and I decided I was going to hang it on my bedroom wall. And I hung up the, the album and forgot that I left the album inside the cover. <laughs> So I drove like a number eight right through the album and cracked it and hung it on my wall. But to this day, I still wish I had the album. But anyway. That's that's about as legitimate crumbling down as you can get is running a number eight right through the I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> you know, Matt, and I and I can agree with you. You know, I've, I've grown up and been a fan, but I'll be honest, I like a lot of his newer stuff now um, and kind of the bluesy, jazzy feel he's brought into a lot of his stuff, um, even from the early stuff that he did. So that's why I was excited seeing the mural that it it honored both his his young days um obviously in the seymour ffa jacket and then more of his his elder statesman of of the music industry that he's become now yeah i really i agree all right matt well i appreciate it man and thanks for all your insight and everything that you guys do here at this old guitar and if you're looking for a great place uh, for a child to take lessons come down um see matt and larry and uh, get them signed up for something yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. All right. Have a great night. You too. All right. And welcome back here to Speaking from Experience. I'm here with Larry McDonald, owner of This Old Guitar. And Larry, number one, first of all, this is my first time being able to be in the store. Yeah. And it's a really amazing place. Not only is it obviously all the instruments that you have out here and what people can come in, but what you've set up for lessons and for families to be able to come in and get training is pretty amazing. Well, thank you very much. The, the store has been here uh, about 17 years, and we've been incredibly blessed by all the instructors that have been here for a while, and uh, they do a great job. And I want to go back. Obviously, I'm here tonight. I've gotten the chance to talk about the mural outside, but you've got a pretty special connection to the guy, John Mellencamp, uh, being a friend uh, as you guys grew up. And so how, how did that relationship start? I, I believe you were a drummer for him yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so kind of how that relationship start and carry on through the years? Well, we both were in the same class. We graduated in 1970. And so grew up in high school and, and junior high with John. And back then you could drive a block and hear a garage band. Uh, I mean, Seymour was flooded as probably as well as other counties surrounding us, but I'm telling you, you could drive a block and hear a garage band. And back then, if you got mad in one band, you just joined another band. And uh, I don't, I don't. Th throughout the years, we we've managed to to keep some of those bands alive and well, and some of them still perform. And obviously, uh, John had the talent and the desire to, to take it to the level he's at today. And it's really pretty amazing watching the arc of his career. I mean, when you go back to talking about when they wanted him to be Johnny Cougar and, and create that whole persona to when he got back to his roots with, with some of that stuff. And even today, I, I was telling Matt when he was on here, I love his newer stuff yeah. as much as I love the older stuff. That He's got that more bluesy, jazz, kind of southern feel to things now. And that's some of my favorite music he's done. Yeah, he's... 
he's done a lot of songs. I, I mean, back through the years, uh, I think he left in 72, 73 for his first tour. And I, I don't know exactly how many albums he's produced, but I mean, there's a lot of them, a lot, a lot, a lot of hits. And uh, I like his latest stuff as well. Um, we've uh, managed to get some of the albums out here on the wall of his collection. And uh, of course, this mural just just excites me beyond words to have that on the side of the music store. And I, and I got to be honest, and Matt and I talked about that. I think the greatest thing about it, and Pam, I got to talk to her about kind of the planning of it. You guys kind of gave both sides of his career. There's there's yeah. the young, iconic Seymour FFA jacket, which you, yeah. you'd be remiss if you didn't have that there. Yeah. But then the elder statesman, the mature John Mellencamp standing there in the black, you know, jacket with with the experience of the years he's put in, you know, in the music industry. I don't know that you could have had a more fitting piece. No, and you know, John John bought uh, a lot of attention to Seymour. Um, a, a lot of folks haven't heard of Seymour till John Mellencamp. And uh I, when we started this uh, mural project, it was uh, about five years ago. We've been doing this for five years. Uh, a couple of us were attempting it, and it was just way too big of a project for two of us to, to try to grab a hold of. And then uh, three or four years ago, two of the buildings next to this old guitar uh, actually almost burned to the ground. So that set us back another the store got some damage and so that set us back uh another year of talking about the mural and uh then uh, city hall i i asked uh, uh Jana plump Jana plump works over at city hall and i took my my idea and, and my urge to get this on the side of the music store to her and ask her if she would get uh, mayor ludeman involved and mayor ludeman got involved and that's when this thing started picking up some speed and uh, I, I just don't know how we could have done it without without his help, to be honest with you. And you're exactly right. Not only does he brought that recognition to Seymour, but it was amazing talking to Pam and Matt. And you've had people from Canada and Germany and Washington and California that have already visited. And the, the mural's not even done yet. And it's just amazing. It, I, you know, it's well, I get asked that question a lot. And in the last even before the mural, um, we had the pleasure, uh, I'm going to guess seven, eight years ago, um, John asked A&E to come in here and film his biography. And <coughs> I'm telling you, what an honor. I, I mean, the, the national television came in here with cameras, and we got the opportunity to get some national recognition out of that. And to be honest with you, what, what it bought besides the recognition of this old guitar is it brought recognition to Seymour and what people do for the last five years, they come in and they take pictures. And, and that was the whole intent behind it. Cause I, I'm, I'm not here to sell somebody in Canada a guitar. No. And so they, they come in for the history of the building and for the history of John Mellencamp. And uh, when I was a kid, this was a drugstore. I mean, I grew up in this building. It was called Baldwin's Drugstore, and then later became Beaver's Pharmacy when Baldwin retired. Okay. And I'd come in here, and there was a soda fountain out there, and I'd get me a cherry Coke, and I'd walk across the street to, uh, I think it was Silver's Music Store, and I took drum lessons there every Saturday morning, 10 o'clock, for about four years. <laughs> 
And what a wonderful, wonderful memory I have every time I come in the door of this place. And now I've been blessed to have my son working here with me. And uh, it's, it's a great family store. Wife works in here part time. Uh, fact is, I've kind of kind of made her the uh, the tour guide. If you if you come in, uh, we had uh, oh probably thirty people in here since Friday, walking through, taking pictures. Had his mail, had his uh, fan club in here Saturday, and I don't know if you saw that on Facebook, but they did uh, sang Small Town. I did see it. Oh, just <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, that's priceless. That was so much fun doing that with them. And and this week we've got the uh, FFA is coming in from Alabama and they're going to the FFA convention in Annapolis this uh-huh. weekend. And I've also got the Seymour high school FFA. That's going to be here Friday for pictures. So we're going to have the FFA local and out of state in here this week to get their picture taken next to, to John and mural and the FFA jacket that he's wearing. And Larry, I don't want to keep you. I know you got um, another lesson here coming, but I just want to say, First of all, thank you um, for not only what you're doing to put Seymour on the map with this old guitar, but also what you're doing for local kids. And, you right. know, like thank you just you. said, and Matt and I talked to it and talked kind of about, you know, growing up in your family and yeah. the music that was there. And I said, I, my great grandparents were the same way. Everybody played something. You get oh, on yeah. the front porch and yeah. you play. That's kind of gone away. And it's so cool to yeah. see just the time I've been here, the kids coming in and out, getting lessons, keeping that music alive. And, and who knows when the next John Mellencamp may yeah. walk into this, this shop right here and, and walk out and be the next star. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a blessing every day. I walk in the door. I love it. Love what I do. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you for giving the side of your building to uh, to honor him and draw some attention to Seymour. And I truly appreciate you letting me come in today and talk here and get to talk to you guys. Good. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Larry.